This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The DNVR Rockies podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Solace Meds, the newest partner here at DNVR. You got to check them out for all your dispensary needs. They got smoking hot deals to offer. Get it? Hey, use promo code DNVR20 to save 20% off your entire purchase with them. No better way to celebrate 420 and the month of April than with some great herb, the best customer service, 20% off your purchase, and a chance to win a trip to Jamaica. That's right. You can find out all about that at Solace Meds. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com slash sweepstakes to learn all about the rules for your chance to win an all-inclusive seven-night trip to paradise in Jamaica. But even if you're not interested in that and just want to get hooked up with the best herb in town, you got to find them at solacemeds.com. And again, don't forget to use that promo code DNVR20 for 20% off. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25 because you'll save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. And don't forget to subscribe at StravaCraftCoffee.com. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, Managing Editor of DNVR Rockies. With me here in studio is beat writer Michaela Perkins, joining us soon uh, via remote uh, from near Coors Field. He's down at the ball game covering today's 2-1 to loss to the New York Mets, uh, a series clincher in the rubber match. Rockies had it right there. Uh, actually had a, a potential series sweep out there in front of them, Michaela, but end up going down in this one. Uh, we're going to actually back it up and start with the doubleheader. We'll get to today's game, especially once Patrick can join us with a little bit of insight from uh, inside the clubhouse, hear what Bud Black had to say. But just overall series feelings, Michaela, all the games were close. So does that make, I mean, the one that wasn't was the one they won. Right. So is that consolation, silver lining thing, or are you just at the stage you're like, come on, Put some W's in the in the W column. I mean, look, we need to make sure that our realist, our expectations are staying realistic throughout the season, right? I mean, I think I definitely feel a lot better after this series. The Mets aren't the Dodgers. We can all agree on that, right? Right. The Mets don't but, have the same level of... Totally. However, a very in vogue pick to win the National League East this year. Correct. So that the Rockies are out there, and you can see why with the pitching they've yeah. got, right? But the Rockies going out there and basically being within one swing of sweeping them yeah you're like yeah i mean there were some unfortunate instances that definitely changed the tide for this series but overall i definitely feel a lot better i wasn't expecting them to you know get 10 runs off jacob de so <laughs> right you know he's one of the best best pitchers in the league right now 
I I think you know like they said they were just a couple of bad a couple of bad plays away from sweeping the series and it's unfortunate it didn't go their way but it's it's given me a little bit more hope obviously yeah. there's still some things that need to be fixed um, the Rockies are still you know struggling in some areas but it's not like we had no chance at all we were kept out of the series the whole time right. were, it, we were like you said we could have swept the series so I definitely feel a lot better about it Rockies are still going to Rockies, Mets are still <laughs> right. going to Met, but overall I feel a lot better. Let's start with the the Jacob deGrom performance, because I can hear a lot of people saying, Michaela, what are you talking about? They struck out, it was 17 times total? I, I, I got to go back. It was 14 against deGrom. Yeah, deGrom had 14 of the 18 and outs. It, it, it was ridiculous. It, it was an insane yeah. number of strikeouts, right? So, like, they looked totally overmatched in that game, though. Again, that's where you've got to recognize the context, right? I, I had somebody hit, hit me up on Twitter and say something like, yeah, but the Rockies make every pitcher look like Jacob deGrom. And it's like, no, they don't. I don't know if we're watching the same baseball yeah. game, but there was nobody who was going to go out there. If anything, the Rockies fared better against Jacob deGrom than really anybody in the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Look, the Rockies have had a rough start to the season, right? It's, They've had to yeah. face Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Trevor Bauer, Twice. Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've gotten... <laughs> Even, like, Cueto yeah. is a great pitcher. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not what he used to be, but, like, that being one of your easier matchups. Yeah. Stroman today. Right. Like, that's a, that's a rough... Especially run. for this lineup who is comprised of so many young players who not only have they just not seen a lot of Major League Baseball pitching, but then they have to get their experience by facing a Cy Young winner. Like, yeah. all just it's in, like I yeah, it's a lot to expect from these young guys. Yeah. To, I asked Buddy about that a, a day or two ago and he said and he used the phrase, you know, it really is. It's a baptism by fire for these young guys. Absolutely. And and. You know, you wouldn't necessarily draw it up this way in a year where you're hoping to be competitive. But from a learning standpoint, he was telling me this is this is an education. There's no better education at what you need to be able the level you have to get to yeah. where you need to be able to hang than going out there and seeing some of the best pitchers in the world and going, oh, oh, OK, I need to learn how to catch up this now DeGrom. Look, <laughs> tip, tip your cat. There is a reason I drafted this guy number one overall in our superstars draft. Got me three points, by the way. I got my, I got my W. What? No. <laughs> uh, the, somehow, some way, that really was the immovable object. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the dude was incredible. He was one strikeout away from beating the record of nine consecutive strikeouts right. set in 1970 by. Uh, Seaver, right? Tom Seaver, yeah, yeah, Tom Seaver. So, I mean, it was rough. And it was another one of those really funny innings where it was, it was like before where Trevor Bauer went in with the no-hitter. Yeah. Like, we were all expecting, even, you know, I'm sitting there, I saw the two names he had to get. It was Fuentes and Hilliard, two guys who strike out a lot. And DeGrom was on. Yeah. He, he had his best stuff, and, and he doesn't even need his best stuff. So right. when you're sitting on 100 miles an hour and you're throwing it wherever you want, I thought, here come the two strikeouts he needs. Yep. Here comes the record. But right. Josh manages to put a ball in play. Uh, ruled an error. 
What do you oh, think? I don't know about that one. 50-50. I yeah. mean, I, I wouldn't throw a huge fit. I, I yeah. could see it going either way. And it's probably a bigger deal. Like, when you think about how low Jacob deGrom's ERA is, sitting at like 0.53, I think, yeah. then all of the runs in that inning become earned if you rule that a base hit for Josh up the middle. Right. And three earned runs in a game is something you'd have to go back a couple of years yeah. for the last time. His DeGrom ERA went that. down after yeah. they charged that error. <laughs> like. uh, so, you know, I and I totally get, by the way, why that has to be scored the way that it is. I'm, right. You know, I, I've always thought once it's cleared – I think a solo home run should be an earned run no matter what. It's not like the guys out there going, well, I should already have three outs, so I'm just going to float one over the middle. Rymal Tapia went down and got a great pitch and hit a home run against Jacob deGrom. So tell him it was an unearned run. Tapia doesn't care. He's going to remember that one. Dom Nunez hitting the triple off the wall. Even Jonathan Daza coming up with the big sack fly. Like Those it. are the, the <laughs> moments for those young kids that they can build. And, and talk, yeah. Buddy talking about getting an education. Yes. You can take that forward. Right. This is very much a building season. This is going to be all about these young guys getting experience, getting more playing time under their belt trying to figure out who they are as baseball players so that they can ultimately build on that and contribute to the team in big ways in the future. So I just think we need to make sure we're keeping ourselves in check and realizing that we're not going to go out there and we're not going to score 10 runs on Jacob DeGrom. Like, that's just not realistic. But, yeah. I mean, even on the flip side of that, you know, I was really impressed with Chichi Gonzalez. You know, he isn't a deep inning type of guy. You can pretty much count on five five innings of pitching from Chi-Chi, which is great in a doubleheader setting. Like sure. that's, that's yeah, all you really need. Yeah, when it's a seven-inning really game, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah. I mean, I, I was impressed by him, too. And, you know, he is doing what he needs to be doing to help the Rockies, especially while Kyle Freeland is still injured. So, um, you know, on the flip side of Jacob deGrom's performance, I was really happy with Chi-Chi's performance. Unfortunately, it was blown by the bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, did not help out the Rockies at all that first game. Yeah, that so, so that's a rough one, right? Like, ultimately, the, the point that we're making here is that when you take a lead into the late innings against Jacob deGrom, yeah. you've done something right. I don't care what the strikeout totals were, folks. I don't. Like, the guys, like I said, I we all sat down and had the opportunity to draft every single player in Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. And given the opportunity, I went, that's the guy who's most likely to win an award because he dominates every time he steps out on the hill. He has the most unhittable stuff in baseball in my mind. He's just the best pitcher going right. He's a right-handed Randy Johnson. It's nuts. He's throwing 93 mile an hour sliders. So I don't care. Like everyone was going to do terrible that game. That they right. scratched out the three runs they got. That they were leading yeah. three to one when the starters were out of the game. Mm -hmm. That's a huge W for the, for the young guys. Yes. Givens goes out gives up a home run god i feel for that guy it feels like every mistake he give he, he throws ends up over the wall like it, he hasn't been sh as sharp as he needs to be mm -mm. but in that particular inning it was like he threw 12 pretty good pitches and one hanger right down the middle to yeah. pete alonzo that might have like killed somebody all it <laughs> takes is one just one mess up and people just <sighs> completely forget all the things that you've done up until that point and i i feel for him you know um, Givens has been put into some precarious situations. They're really relying on him to come in in the middle of the, the lineup to get some big outs for, you know, the team when they're either Good ahead point. or they need to do it. So it's not like, you know, he's only coming in in instances where he's facing the bottom of the lineup and, you know, there's not game game circumstances that are on the line like they're really relying on this kid and you know for the most part he's doing what he can to contribute. But then when you have things like a solo shot from Pete Alonzo to, you know, kind of tie the 
change the tide of the game, it's it's rough, and I feel for him. But yeah. um, you know, he just you got to dial it in a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, and then you know, Bard a similar situation, blowing it there. Rockies are three outs away from winning a baseball game that yep. was started by. Jacob DeGrom yep. and Chichi Gonzalez. Yep. <laughs> they're three outs away from the W, and they're handing the ball to probably the guy that m- most people feel the most yeah. comfortable outside of Marquez. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. On this team right now, and Daniel Bardi was so lights out last year, has been pretty good, but he hasn't had a lot of save opportunities this year <laughs> with right. the Rockies yeah. not being up. <laughs> he looked, you know, he came out and he was just spraining it around early. They jumped right on him, they got their runs. Uh, you know, he did finish the inning with pretty dominant strikeouts of Alonzo and McNeil, so you could see him kind of get the feel back just a second too late, and you're like, man, yeah. what a way to lose a ball game because you don't even know that it means anything for Daniel Bard moving forward. Right. It just would have been a feel-good one to steal, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who would have thought that the Rockies would have had a chance to win a ball game against Jacob deGrom? Right. And so I'm sure he was very much aware of that fact when he came in the game, and then, you know, four straight base hits later including including <laughs> a double that you know, would give the Mets the victory. Like, I'm sure we don't need to let Daniel Bard know that that was not great. Like, I'm sure he's very much aware of that, and he was aware of the situation that he was in when he was brought into the ball game. So yeah. unfortunate for him, especially because, you know, we've all, I think, looking at the bullpen as a whole, like, Bard is, like, that one guy where you're like, okay, like, he's not the worst out of everyone in there. So, like, I feel comfortable with him coming into a game. Um, and I hope, you know, this doesn't change Rockies fans' opinions about him because I still think he's going to be the reliever and the closer that the Rockies are, are going to really need all season long. And I think he he will live up to, you know, those good expectations. But it's just hard. It's it's hard to see someone, yeah. you know, falter a little bit there and blow the, <laughs> blow the lead. Well, we'll, we'll – Cheers to the fact that the Rockies were up in that one. I, I do think that's actually, despite what we're going to talk about here in a second for game two, uh, I do think the most impressive thing that the Rockies did this weekend was enter the final inning of that game up, uh, considering the, the two starters as we talked about. So, And those of you watching YouTube, you'll probably notice I, pretty, I got a pretty darn big beer down at the DNVR bar. This is the Mountain Beach from Breck Broom. You got to love that. But that's one of the many, many perks that you get for being a DNVR member. You, too, can have a beer just like this one. It's bigger if you're not a member of DNVR. Or it's smaller if you're not a member. I flipped that up. You got to become a member. You get the bigger beer. You understand how it works. But you also get discounts on hats and shirts and masks. You get, you get written content out the wazoo. You can define that however you like. <laughs> and you get a free holistic stick and a free shirt from our uh, friends at Holistic. Well, well, the shirts from us at the DMVR Locker. The Holistic Wellness Stick from our friends out there. Fantastic stuff. It's just 10 milligrams of CBD focused on recovery. Gets you nice and settled in. Very good stuff. I highly, highly recommend the CBD. You all know I'm a big fan of it. If you've never tried it before, here's a great way to get a little bit of free sample when you just become a member of the family here. Like I said, all that written content, the shirt, you get discounts on stuff. You get access to our Discord channel and come in, hang out with us, talk to us about whatever movies you're watching, other sports you're watching. Rockies talk 24-7 going on in there. It's always a great place to be. And just become a member of the family. It's it, There's endless, endless possibilities. I think. I think that's right. We should, we should write that in. Endless possibilities as a member of the DNVR family. And one of the things we also hook you up with is great sponsors like our friends at Gabby Insurance. Stands for Get a Better Insurance. That's literally what they do for you. The reason I know that, 
They did it for me. Took less than 10 minutes, cost you absolutely nothing. No obligation, no emails, no text messages, nothing. None of that stuff that can make any of these kinds of things really irritating. At Gabby, you just go to gabi.com slash DNVR. You enter in some information. Like I said, it takes less than 10 minutes and they save you money. Simple as that. For me, it was 480 bucks on car insurance alone. Our guy, Eric Weedham saved over a grand, 1.3K at Gabby. Got all kinds of stuff insured, does that guy. But whatever your situation is, you're probably paying too much for home or car insurance. And our friends at Gabby, through no obligation to you, no money out of your pocket, no annoying text messages or emails, just save you money. Check them out today at gabi.com slash dnvr. All right, Michaela, game two, the Rockies, uh, it seemed like uh, came out like a, you were talking about all the pitchers they've been going up against. And, you know, it's like the, the guy swinging a bat with the donut yeah. on. It just felt there was like, oh, my gosh, there's somebody on the mound who's never won a Cy Young award. Right. Yeah. I'm sure they were so happy that they finally didn't have a pitcher throwing upper 90s on the mountain that day. Right. They with were like, movement. Lucchese, all right, let's do it. Right. <laughs> Uh, and right. And it's like, and I, it's funny because they've actually struggled a little bit in the, in their past against Luke Casey and, and more soft tossing lefties when the, when the team was good, <laughs> we can be Frank, right? We're, we're all family here. You're subscribed, <laughs> right? Um, that was kind of one of their, uh, well, Achilles heel. That's the, that's yeah. the phrase I'm looking for, right? Those soft tossing lefties. So it was kind of funny to see, you know, so far this season, the great pitchers who throw hard are dominating the Rockies and they're actually getting after some of these other guys score seven runs. Uh, it, it was nice to see the offense just kind of break out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the three runs in the opening frame, I think gave them that much needed like energy boost that they needed after just, you know, blowing a game to Jacob deGrom. So, um, and getting struck out <laughs> nine times in a row. Times, um, yeah. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, having those three runs in that opening frame really just kind of gave them that like boost that they needed to make it feel like, okay, we can just forget what happened that last game. This is a new game. We're going to move forward. Um, we can score some runs. The bats finally were awake and jumping and moving. So it was good to see them kind of get that early lead. Um, and I'm sure that also helped Herman Marquez feel, you know, a little bit more confident so, going out there yeah. knowing like, okay, we're, we already are up. It's, you know, it's not a, a situation where I have to be on it right away or we're just going to lose this game and fall early. So I was really happy to see them kind of get that offense going early. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that was huge. It was a big sigh of relief moment. There was, um, you, you know, guys will talk about when you get into a, a slump, a hitting slump, and you just you, you feel like a hit's never going to come again. And the same thing as a team, and you just can't score runs. And so when you do go up, get a couple there in the first inning, uh, and then do add a little bit more later. I, I think it allows you to build some of that confidence. Obviously, Josh Fuentes has really been struggling at the dish. Been fantastic in the field. He's been absolutely – I'm sorry. If Patrick was here already, he would have corrected me. He's been fantastic. Oh, terrible that I missed that. We need a, we no. need a Patrick uh, <laughs> no, pun. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're in on fantastic. We can't go back. You can only move forward when it comes to fantastic plays but sure <laughs> i won't argue with she you goes, no. <laughs> but the three run jack to give everyone tacos and and epic home run call by spilly by the way totally awesome Fantastic. awesome hall of fame call <laughs> you gotta love that but the big 
should. It should. It should be a Goaties nomination. That's a great point. Just yep. him screaming the word tacos the, <laughs> the second. The second the ball makes <laughs> the contact ball. with the bat. <laughs> Fantastic. Can you imagine if it had landed just short? Oh, it, God. Oh, it would have been terrible. He would have been so embarrassed. Uh, but a big moment for Josh and, and, and also for the team. So it was kind of the dagger, you know, basket, like they say in basketball. That was the moment where you go, okay, they're going to yeah, finally win a baseball game. Yeah. game. yeah, no, it was awesome to see. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's hard to watch them struggle because like, you know, like they're obviously not generating offense on purpose. Like it's not, <laughs> right. it's not like they're going up to the plate and be like, oh, I'm just going to strike out because I feel like it. Like, eh, eh, right. who cares? Like they're trying everything they can. And, you know, with their... Again, I keep saying they're inexperienced and they're young age, like big moments like this when you hit a freaking three run home run, mm. um, uh, you know, it just it's like that confidence boost that you need um, to know that like it's it's not always going to be a slump. You're not always going to be like not generating right. offense like it's going to be OK. So it was cool to watch for sure. To go back to the first game for just a second, you just reminded me of a, a point I was going to make about the Dom Nunez at bat and. You know, it, it, you'll hear announcers talk about this all, all the time, cheating versus keeping a guy honest, right? They'll say a pitcher's got to throw his slider or his changeup or his curveball mm -hmm. to keep a guy honest. And, and what do they mean by that? They mean exactly what happened with Dom Nunez because DeGrom threw a great pitch, 99-mile-an-hour fastball up and in exactly where he wanted to. Dom Nunez hit the pitch for the sole purpose that he sold out entirely on that's what it was going to be the second it left DeGrom's hands. He wasn't, that was not an honest swing, as they would say, right? If DeGrom throws a slider, change up, curveball, a fastball in a slightly different location, Dom is going to swing and look ridiculous because he sold out 100%. Okay, what does that mean, though? Dom Nunez beat Jacob DeGrom with his mind as much as he did with his back with his approach as a very young player in this game. He sold out and said, I'm pretty sure this is what's coming. And the only way for me to hit a 99 mile an hour Jacob DeGrom fastball up and in with movement is for me to sell out and guess that that's what's coming and swing where I think it's headed. Right. He ran into it. He hit it off the wall. Now that's not, Tapia actually made a great hack. He, he Tapia doesn't do that, <laughs> frankly. Tapia doesn't. He doesn't think through at bats that way. Right. But Dom Nunez did, and seeing that, and that's exactly what you're talking about. It's those moments where you go, aha, now Dom knows he can do that. And if he knows he can do that against Jacob deGrom, mm -hmm. then he knows when he's starting to face some guys that aren't quite that good, which is everybody else. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I don't want people to start reading into the Rockies' bats and the lack of offense as, like, a detrimental permanent thing that's going to continue with this team. I think it's just going to take time for these young guys like Dom Nunez and Josh Fuentes to just like develop that mental aspect of being at the plate and facing a pitcher and also the timing aspect too, right? Yeah. Like these kids didn't have anything last year with COVID affecting the minor leagues the season. Um, you know, they, that's a great point. They didn't face as many live, um, you know, pitches as they did as they would have if, you know, COVID hadn't affected it. So not only have they been slowed down development wise, they haven't, you know, been able to work on their timing, all that type of stuff that I think is showing up now as they're playing games real time this season that I don't think would have been an issue if they would have had more time. They would have faced more live pitchers, you know, all that type of stuff that I think they're just missing is just due to the fact that like not only are the young guys 
who haven't had a lot of service time in Major League Baseball, but they also missed a huge chunk of their minor league system last year that would have helped with their development, their timing, all that type of stuff. So yeah. they're like Bud Black said, it really is trial by fire because they are learning real time against Cy Young winning pitchers. Yeah. Like it is literally baptism by fire out there for these yeah. guys. So I don't think this is a problem that's going to stick around forever. I don't want people to start being like, oh, these players are trash. There's no reason to watch. They can't hit the ball. They can't put the ball in play. I don't think that's going to be an issue for very long. Like, right. It's just going to take them some time to develop that timing, to develop that mental aspect. I mean, look at Hampson so far this season. You know, last season he was swinging at the first thing that came his way. Right. And now he's taking his at-bats so much deeper. Yeah. The pitch counts on him are so much higher because, you know, he was able to do a little bit of that last season, whereas these guys like Dom Nunez and Josh Fuentes haven't been able to do that. So right. I think that's where the disparity is. So I just don't want people to start discounting this team because – they can't put the ball in play. Totally. And and it may end up being the case that some of these guys, you know, don't make it. Somebody was kind of getting after me for giving Dom, uh, not Dom, uh, Jonathan Daza credit for the sack fly the other day. And it's like, you know what? Jonathan Daza may not have a four-year career. It, it may turn out that his inability to keep up with major league pitching, him and thousands and thousands and thousands of other super talented ball players over the year who could do everything else in the game. Great defender, a great base runner, really smart baseball player, good contact hitter. But major league it just you can it, it's tough, man. You hit it. No, it's it, it's very difficult. And so you know, if he's out of the league in 4 years, I won't be shocked. Same thing with a guy like Sam Hilliard. I won't be shocked if if he doesn't make it. I won't be shocked if he turns himself into a nice 9-10 12-year-long career, even if it's a fourth outfielder the whole time. But some of these guys are going to pop. And we are seeing those steps forward, like you said, with Hampson and, and Nunez. Obviously, the huge one this year from Ryan McMahon. Yes. Who, again, look at where he was a year ago or two years ago. Would you have said, in fact, you would have. There were not Maybe not you, person. Not, not you, DNVR listener. Very smart, beautiful very wise baseball fan that you are, but the other people, the other people talking about McMahon's never going to have it. He's striking out way too much. He's hitting in the low two hundreds you know, very similar numbers to what you look at when you see Hilliard and, and Nunez and, and some of these guys right now. And, and we don't know who's going to reach that next step though. I, I do it's, it's Dom Nunez, but <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very excited about what we've seen from Dom Nunez so far. And yes, I know what his batting average is right now. Again, it's what we're talking about. You've got to look forward as these guys tighten their approaches and become major league players. None of most of these guys who have never been that before. Yep. Uh, some who have, though, Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story, neither of whom have started out. Now, Charlie's just had a rough start to the season. Trevor's had a rough start to the season in completely the opposite realm. Another one today, Matt. The guy's hitting 105 oh. mile an hour. He's got to lead the league at 105 mile an hour exit velocity line drives that have been caught. It's oh, <laughs> it's so tough. I feel for the guy so bad. I'm sure as soon as the ball was caught, he was just like, oh, are you kidding me? Another one. <laughs> the composure. I would be breaking things. You, you know when you see those videos of guys taking the bat to the water cooler? And if you see it out of context, you always wonder, like, what made him do that? And this one would be one for Trevor where you'd have to go back like this whole season now and look at 10 to 15 just screaming line drives that he's hit and had nothing to show for it. <laughs> like, he should have at least five home, run home runs so oh, far easy. this season. Yeah. Easily. It's, yeah, it, it, it's so frustrating. 
he does end up hitting a, a double late in this one. Charlie Blackman drives him in, makes it a 2-1 game, gives the Rockies some hope, uh, gets on base with a base hit there at the end, and caught stealing to oh, end the game. Trevor, <laughs> why did you run? I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't hate it. I understand wanting to be aggressive and getting in scoring position so it gives you a better chance of walking off, um, obviously with Charlie at the plate, but uh, you, uh, you just have to be a little bit more careful than that. Yeah. Like, you can't. You have to be aggressive and get in scoring position, but you also can't get caught stealing. Like, there's a nice in-between somewhere in the middle of yeah. that, and it just wasn't. Like, he just went full-on straight, reckless, I'm going to go for it, even though I probably shouldn't. So... He yeah, it's it's one of those things that you just uh, this is where we start getting back into the philosophical conversations about what you want out of this season. Uh, I think before too long here, we're going to be joined by our guy, Patrick Lyons. And th this was something that uh, we had talked about a lot during the offseason, essentially, you know, him being in the camp of I want the Rockies to. uh not well, what's the word uh, tank I guess is the word right to get the first round pick mm. to have that first round draft pick and because if you're going to be bad you may as well be best at being bad get rebuild the farm system do all of that stuff right. or whatever and I was saying you know that might be a little bit incongruous with what I want which is for the young players to get better and better and if the young players are playing well you're going to win some games and that's going to make it hard but then you see in this series the young players actually doing pretty well showing some spark and then they still end up losing mostly on veterans and you're like i don't know maybe we'll take that maybe ultimately you can have the best yeah. of both worlds get development from young players and still get that first round draft pick if that's what you want i i mean that's what i'm hoping for if i'm being completely honest we're all family here right right right, right. so you know i think there is a happy medium where you can have you know the young guys learning and improving and getting better and then <laughs> veteran players you know <laughs> kind of counteracting that with their their performance whereas okay at least the young guys are getting better but we're not in a position where we're going to lose the first pick in the draft i it's it's Oops. tough i I, I at least I'm a little bit more neutral before I was just like complete tank like everybody suck like let's just be a fire like just right. be horrible like if we're so bad like 2018 Baltimore Orioles bad then there's no way that <laughs> Breitich can stay as the general manager right we don't have the first pick in the draft right. like but at least I'm a little bit more neutral now we're like I really do want to see you know the young guys get better and improve and get more confidence um the, the bullpen to figure itself well, and, out <laughs> right the, the bullpen's one of those things where it's like if if you want that perfect medium the bullpen being bad is the best case scenario because bullpens right. turn over and yeah. by the time the team's going to be good next probably most of the guys in the bullpen right now won't be here um so you know like i've i had high hopes for michael givens i, I don't like seeing daniel bard struggle uh, Robert Stevenson looked really good today. We've talked about Jordan Sheffield, Sheffield yeah. you know, some of these other guys. So those guys could maybe be a part of your future, but it's not a devastating loss of literally none of these relievers ha right. are even here in right. two years. Right. Yeah. And whereas it would be a bit of a devastating loss if all of these position players tank, right? All the guys we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So you're like, well, if they're, if those guys are going to do their part and then the bullpen implodes, you are kind of getting the, <laughs> the right. best of both yeah. worlds. If you, 
if that's what you I want. I mean, look, bullpen struggles are classic Rockies. Like, it's been the story of this team for right. how long now? Like, so I guess, I mean, you're absolutely right. If the bullpen sucks and they're the reason we're losing games, then fine. So be it. Like, Right. Who cares? <laughs> uh, and it's good news if you took the under before the season on 63 and a half wins, if that happened to be your case. We did tell people to take the over. And I'll tell you what. I, I, took, still... uh, 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 I told people to take oh, the that's under. Right, that's right. That's <laughs> I right. I said take the under. <laughs> that's right. Patrick and I both had the over. I, I do think they're going to get over that still. Again, just seeing... Uh, the quality of the pitching, especially the way Gomber has kind of settled in um, and some of the fight that we have seen out of the offense. But if you want to, you can still bet on any of this stuff. You got the overs, you got the unders, you got to get it on DraftKings Sportsbook. It's the best sportsbook app anywhere that you're going to find. You know your baseball, you know you do. You got to get y'all set up, but you also, you might know your basketball, you might know your hockey. And if you do know your basketball, actually, you don't even know your basketball to take advantage of this promo code. You just have to understand that basketball exists. Because right now, when you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and you use promo code DNVR when you sign up, you'll turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Do we have Patrick? Oh, I see. We're getting ready for Patrick. Uh, I, love getting, I, I, I love getting ready for Patrick. I need a good preparation spirit to be ready for that, too. We love Patrick's insight. Very valuable. Yeah. We need some Patty in our lives. We do. We do. Um, so before we get to that and talk a little bit more about what, what happened in this game today, um, from uh, well, l- let's go ahead and start on Marcus Stroman. I'm sure Patrick will have plenty to say on that as well. But uh, another fantastic pitching performance out of him today. Uh, I've always loved that guy. I've wanted the Rockies to acquire him for years. Any longtime listener to the podcast has heard me talk up Marcus Stroman for a very long time. Uh, and you saw again why today out there pitching, having fun. Can you believe that? Uh, making uh, a stupid but also unbelievably amazing defensive play uh, that, that we're going to see for a while. But, uh, you know, it, Mac, when you, when you see a guy go out there and do that, on the one hand, it's frustrating that he's kind of, you know, mowing down the Rockies and such. But it's also a reminder that a certain approach, a certain ability you can do well. And maybe, especially when it comes to Stroman, a certain attitude. You can do well at Coors Field, and uh, he showed it to us. Yeah, absolutely. I was really impressed with uh, Stroman today. He, I mean, he he gave it to the Rockies on the mound. Um, you know, he he looks so great, and I, it's hard for me to cheer against him. Um, but I'm a big Stroman believer, and I love the way that he plays the game. Um, and he did what he wa- he he did what he needed to do today. Yeah. Yeah. We do now have Patrick. Am I there? Am I had? Fantastic. Am I, am I had right now? Yeah. You have me? Are we, am I had? You are had. You are had oh. by us, and we are happy to have you. Uh, oh, happy to be had. Thank you. Thanks for uh, welcoming me on, gang. How about so, the Rockies? Uh, what'd you make of Marcus Stroman today? All of it, everything. I'm, I'm sure there, there was a talk with Buddy as well. He likes to talk a little more about his own players, but... All of it, man. At some point, you you got to tip your cap. Yeah, that's all you can do at that point. You know, I, I I do think about an alternate reality in which the Rockies maybe would have gone out and acquired Marcus Stroman because yeah. 
We know they were certainly interested in him and they saw how he pitched uh, right there in the early June or maybe it was late May of 2019 when the Blue Jays came to town with Vladdy Jr. And he looked poised to, to break out and he's, he's pretty much done that since then. But as you said, buddy, you know, uh, it was very complimentative. Uh, complimentative that's a word sure uh of uh of Stroman. <laughs> you know, he, he pitched well you know he has so much spin i mean even here at altitude that was that was very evident you know his cutter and sinker just has so much movement it's hard to pick up on both those pitches uh, when they come out of his hand does a good job of tunneling so you know you got to tip your cap to that guy and you say yeah hey man those mets they uh they got some good starting pitching and uh that was the difference so far this weekend you know what this Mets team reminds me of, actually, is the, the Rockies from 2017 and 2018, right? With this just dynamite starting rotation and a lineup that's got Pete Alonzo and Jeff McNeil and Francisco Lindor and then a bunch of guys who were kind of struggling to make it happen, and that's why these games were close. Patrick, we did talk about, you know, if you're looking for a silver lining in this one, the, the Rockies were a one good play in games one and three away from sweeping this thing. Was there any sense of positive momentum or, or lessons learned or a young bunch that's right there coming out of the clubhouse today? Well, none of that was, was really mentioned by any of the guys between Story Buddy and Senzatella, but I mean, I, I guess that is a, a silver lining. You know, it, it really is the, the great way to, to describe it because the team, frankly, just is not very good but it's not they're not getting blown out of the water they're making these games interesting they're they're competitive and again when you have a roster maybe that isn't you know that talented or or that has as many flaws as this one does you go well even if it is close i'm not terribly interested so you you understand why you know there was 13,000 there uh for a doubleheader yesterday 13,000 today you know, attendance is kind of down considering the Rockies can get 20,000. But uh, if, if you just look at a man, what, what each guy is doing, contributing these inexperienced players, these lost boys, uh, I might even want to call them young bloods. That might be another way of describing them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're doing a good job of, of doing what they can and controlling the controllables. And, you know, you like to see that. I, I think the, the maybe a potential silver lining is that there's still some room on this roster to bring up even more young players to, to bring up even more guys that we can kind of figure out, Hey, what, what are these players? You know, CJ Crone, uh, I think you mentioned him earlier in the podcast. Um, you know, his, he, he's not contributing to, to this team as well as uh, he probably should be at this point. You know, Buddy was quick to mention that he does lead the team in on-base percentage. That's important. Uh, I have a piece that's coming out Monday morning that uh, looked at the at the fact that, you know, even with the great starting pitching that has uh, come against the Rockies with Trevor Bauer twice and and, and Marcus, uh, excuse me, and, and Jacob deGrom, Chrome was in the mix of, of all of those, right? He's He's getting on-base. Um, drawing those walks. Uh, it's just the defense that's really hurting the, the team uh, in such a major way. So he's, he's misplaying some balls. Um, uh, he's making some good plays, but, you know, you, you move him off the roster. We'll see what happens with Trevor Story. That's that's two new spots where you can bring up a Colton Welker. Ryan Delay can have some more time in yeah. the outfield. Trevor Hams, uh, uh, Garrett Hampson moving to the infield. Brendan Rodgers, there's that room. Let's see, let's see what Alan Trejo is made of. So there's room to really get an idea uh, as far as what the future of this team is, because this, this uh, it's not 2021, unfortunately. 
that that is the challenging part, right? That's that silver lining. I mean, I, I guess we were, we were kind of talking about this uh, just before you came on, Patrick, about how during the offseason you and I were having these back and forth about whether or not the team should focus, especially once, uh, you know, Josh Fuentes' cousin was gone. Uh, <laughs> we did a lot of that, you know, should they tank on purpose, you, you, or uh, you of, of the opinion that the best outcome here could be they get that first overall pick, me of the best opinion that the best outcome here could be needs to be that their young players develop. And they could end up walking that very narrow path that you and I talked about where they kind of get both of those things. Like Michaela and I were talking about, if your veteran bullpen guys are blowing games and that's the reason you keep losing and you're getting closer to that first overall draft pick, but you are having these nice moments from guys like Nunez and Hampson and you can inject Colton Welker and Brendan Rodgers and, and Ryan Rollison into this ultimately maybe you can lose a whole bunch of games but have a season where you feel good about the future yeah and that's that's how tanking is is done ultimately is is you're not putting together a roster of let's say veteran players that just aren't very good anymore like you still have your young guys in there you know if you go back and look at what what the cubs did and, and the houston astros to a degree atlanta did this as well as well and, and they're reaping the benefits you know, once they started losing 100 games consistently, by the time that second or third year rolled around, some of those prospects that they had just drafted or that were already in the top end of their minor league system started to come up, started to develop, started to contribute to the major league team. That being said, even if you had a, a, a roster full of all young players, that team is, is going to lose those, you know, one third of the games, right? You're going to win right. a third, you're going to lose a third. It's what happens in the other 50 plus games that makes the difference. And a veteran club like the Giants, they're going to eke out those wins. We saw that in San Francisco last weekend. A young club like the Rockies, they're just simply not, and we're seeing that. So, you know, the idea of tanking isn't one where you're putting out crummy players. You're just not going to try to improve your roster. So, hey, whatever young guys we got, we're going to keep them and give them an opportunity. But even if they play, you know, pretty well, it's not going to add up to a lot of wins, unfortunately. Yeah. You need those veteran guys to rely upon. And, and Talked about yeah, they've got to make that transition at, at some point too to <laughs> playing all the young guys. But I, I think we'll see that. Somebody I'm sure was talked about in post game today has got to be our draft king of the game from today. Uh, the, the, we, we, we had good pitching from the Rockies throughout the series, um, first of all. So we'll, we'll get to today's draft king in just a second. Uh, but just from the starting pitching standpoint, uh, Michaela talked earlier about Chichi Gonzalez hanging in there and doing his thing and, and really making a strong show of himself. We haven't talked a ton yet about Marquez, though. So let's talk first about our men Marquez getting a complete game. Te technically yeah right yeah it counts all seven um, innings that's right <laughs> but nice to see that i had written in our discord for for members who who are members that i really wanted to see him come out and dominate and then i wasn't a hundred percent sure he did look seven innings two earned runs that's that's good for anybody right unless you're jacob de grom that's not under your average but still I don't know. How, did, how are we feeling? Patrick, we'll go to you first, but then, Mac, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. No, Herman uh, did exactly what he needed to do. It's kind of, you know, strange. I, I don't want to uh, harp on any kind of negatives. You know, uh, one of two things. One, I, I would have loved to have seen DeGrom against Marquez. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
the ace versus the Rockies ace, right? Yeah. Like, is he a true ace yet? He's trying to get there. That certainly could have done uh, all, uh, wonders for his uh, his PR, so to speak, right? People watching DeGrom say, hey, wait, who's this Marquez guy pitching in the middle of nowhere in Colorado? Like, he's pretty special. He's pretty talented. Yeah. So would you like to have seen those guys, you know, go toe-to-toe? Also, you knew you are going to get more out of uh, Herman than you were Chi-Chi, so you got to worry about, you know, if if Chiche if Chichi throws it, you're going to the bullpen real early there, and and you're not leaving yourself uh, right. a lot of wiggle room in her men's start. But as it was, you know, Chichi did pitch really well. So um, yeah, Marquez did what he should do against you know a pretty talented lineup. I, I think we're going to see that a lot more consistent uh, consistently. Seven innings, two earned runs, and and really as a whole, as you kind of started talking about Drew. The rotation is finally starting to settle into what we kind of expect it to be, you know, have these competitive games where, hey, if the offense you know, can do what it needs to do and, and things starts to start to click for them, then the Rockies are going to win some more ball games. So, again, they might be 4-12 right now at a 275 winning percentage, but, you know, they're, they're probably <laughs> a, a little closer to a 400 winning percentage club. Yeah. So, you know, again, they, they, they could have won – three or four more games right now uh maybe be sitting at seven and eight i don't i don't know where you want to draw the line at but the rotations is, is finally getting it done now which is nice to see yeah i think that it was probably herman marquez's best outing so far this season um you know patrick kind of gave you a little bit but he only gave up two runs on two hits um he only walked two and he struck out six on 87 pitches you know i think overall his fastball command was so much better yeah. um his slider was really great that day too I, I i can tell he's been working on his delivery just because it looks way 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 better than it did when he started the season against the dodgers so um i mean he in my opinion it was his best outing of the season so far obviously he got some help from the lineup finally so <laughs> you know having some run support hey, is always really nice runs. when you're out there um, but he's, I mean, he's helped snap the Rockies seven game losing skids. So, you know, I, I don't really know what more you could have asked from him yesterday. Um, I think out of the 70, 87 pitches he threw, um, 51 of them were for strikes. So yeah, he looked a lot better. I think it was, yeah, the it was definitely his best start of the year. No doubt. Yeah. There was a there was a walk that led to a run that yeah. bothered me. Well, and he in the first three innings he was perfect. Yeah, he looked yeah. great, and I mean he just shut out in those first three innings. And like you said, the fastball command is the most important thing for for moving forward. Um, but if you want to see the things that separate, why is Herman Marquez really, really, really good, and guys like Trevor Bauer? and Jacob deGrom are Cy Young caliber and Marquez hasn't quite gotten there. It's, it's not the hit. I think it was Jeff McNeil that, that drove the, the double into the gap against him that more or less ended up leading to the two runs that Marquez gave up. It was the walk. That's what separates them uh, is the command in those situations. Um, or or the, on the flip side, when you saw deGrom get into the one kind of jammy creator, right, where he gave up the leadoff double to Charlie and then walked C.J. Cron, and then 
that's when he dialed in for basically the rest of the game <laughs> and became unhittable and struck yeah. out the next eight guys. And so, you know, you, you've got to have one of those two things. And Marquez hasn't shown the, the extra gear to then strike out the side and strand those two guys at second and third or, yeah. uh, you know, not walk the guy to, to begin with. And so while, so I think that's why I was, it was a great outing, but why I'm still frustrated with Marquez is I, I want him to put his name into that Cy Young caliber conversation. And those are the little things that yeah. are keeping him outside of it. Um, all right. But today, my guy, my dude, Antonio Senzatella, your draft king of the game. Uh, six, earned, six innings, one earned run, didn't walk anybody at Coors Field, went out there, did everything he could to give his team a chance to win the baseball game. Uh, needed to have a good one after a very frustrating outing his last time out. And, you know, as, as Patrick said, this is a, against a lineup and, and a team that expects to compete yeah. in the National League East in, a, in an offensive environment out here and a young pitcher who gets overlooked a lot. Uh, Michaela, that, that, that was pretty exciting to watch him today. Yeah, I mean, I think that was someone totally different on the mound tonight because he looked completely opposite from his start against the Dodgers last week. I mean, maybe it's just Antonio Sanzatella can't <laughs> just don't pitch the, the Dodgers. Dodgers. <laughs> just don't play the Dodgers and he'll be great. So, um, you know, he, he was awesome. He pitched brilliantly. He went six innings, allowing just two runs, obviously only one earned, four strikeouts, no walks, like you just went through. Um, he did a phenomenal, like, phenomenal job of pounding the strike zone. 78 pitches, 51 were strikes. This was just, I mean, a great, a great outing for Senzatella. You know, he obviously had to lock in a little bit after he allowed those two hits to start the top of the second. Um, but after that, I mean, he didn't allow another extra base hit or an earned run that whole game. So it was just, it was great to see from him. It was, um, like I said, a complete 180 from the Dodgers game. So I think from now on, Senza, you got to sit out these Dodgers series <laughs> and we're going to be great. <laughs> Yeah, Senzatella, you know, between his two starts here, uh, his last two starts, I should say, at Coors Field between uh, this Mets start and, and what he did against Arizona, I mean, that's 14 innings pitched, one earned run. Wow. Right? Yeah. He looked fantastic. He had, he had eight shutout innings against Arizona back on April 7th. So he's kind of linked those two together at, you know, Coors Field. And unlike, you know, Jacob deGrom, who had 14 innings pitched, one earned run, uh, over the course of two starts, actually had 14 strikeouts in, in, in consecutive starts. Uh, the one thing Sensatella is not doing is striking guys out. He's letting guys put the ball in play, and yet he's inducing the ground balls. We, we've, we've been seeing that. That's his calling card. Uh, his changeup is, is looking really solid. It's, it's getting there on par to what we've been seeing with, from John Gray so far this season and, and Kyle Freeland when he's at his best. So that's been that's been a real key, the, the use of all three of his pitches today. That's one thing that, um, you know, Buddy, Buddy did mention uh, about him. So, you know, we see these flashes, and, and they're much more than flashes. It's not just, you know, for the course of four innings, right, in the middle of the ball game, or, you know, after the first uh, time through the order, he looked great, and then things fell apart. Like, he's, he's getting it done here, six innings uh, with one earned run. Same thing with what he did against Arizona. He's got the Houston start. He's really starting to put together – a really good resume to to be that number two guy or, or number two number three starter that again has a lot of value and is reliable he just has to shake those bad starts like we saw 
uh, in game two uh, against the Dodgers and well, game four against the Dodgers. <laughs> um, also, guess, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll have to write those off. And, and you can do that when a guy is pitching as good as he is against the other 28 ball clubs in MLB. Yeah. And uh, in fairness, this Dodgers lineup could make any pitcher look bad. So it's not just Senza that is having true. a hard time. They could do that to literally anyone. So. Uh, one of the things that, uh, well, actually, let me do this first. Let me, uh, after this, I may even head right over to Illegal Pete's. They're right down the street from where we are now. Got to get some Illegal Pete's. Glad to have them back on board with the family here at DNVR. You got to get some. You, you, you know what it is, but you know it's delicious. You may have been missing it for a little while. You may have been stuck inside too long, not being able to have your Illegal Pete's. Talk to our guy, Adam Mares. He knows the best things to get there. He's a big Illegal Pete's guy. Uh, they've, they've got the location, like I said, just down the street here from the DNVR bar. They've got an ongoing promotion at all locations that offers a free draft beer or house marg with purchase of an adult entree when the guest shows the same day ticket to any event. Uh, in the past, our, the Lodo location totally crushed it with the promo. Uh, so, because you can come down to the Pete's right there after the game, obviously, you know, uh, if you're going to the Rockies games out there, swing by Illegal Pete's. Tell them the DNVR crew sent you. We really appreciate it. Uh, just have a good time down at Illegal Pete's for us. You're really, you're, you're doing it for all of us when you're having a good time at Illegal Pete's. Uh, you're also doing it for all of us when you manscape that's right you never know who may end up checking out you downstairs and so for yourself and for anyone who may be down there get manscaped look you're gonna feel better you're gonna smell better you're gonna be better the best version of yourself is the manscaped version of yourself fellas check it out you can also use promo code dnvr at manscaped.com they'll hook you up with 20 percent off plus free shipping whether you're trimming the hedges with that lawnmower 3.0 just getting the smelly good stuffs as i like to call it the spritzer the deodorant the most comfortable pair of boxers you've ever worn in your life and right now with the performance package or wait perfect package i was gonna say that says performance twice no it doesn't i just can't read uh, you get two free gifts the shed travel bag which is awesome it's a 39 dollars value and the patented high performance reduced chafing manscaped boxers and that it's real they're not joking around so again use that promo code dnvr to get 20 percent off plus free shipping at manscaped.com um one thing I'll, I'll tell you what that that makes me feel manscaped all over again is oh my these God. starting pitchers. Where are we going with how about, this? How about the pace of today's game? Can Marcus Stroman and Antonio Sensatella pitch every game? What was the final time? Did you? Did we have that somewhere? Two and a half hours? Two hours, 38 minutes. 38 minutes. We love that. Two hours, 38. Uh, I mean, nine. I'm all down for a baseball game that's five hours long, but if we can ever get a treat for a two and a half hour baseball game, sign me up. <laughs> going into the seventh inning, so after six innings pitched, how many, how many pitches do you think Marcus Stroman had? This blew me away. Any guesses? I know he, he was. I know he hit. He was at like seventy-five seven. in the middle of the seventh inning. Yeah, he he had fifty-eight pitches through six innings. Oh, so when geez. he got on the mound in the seventh, I just thought, and, and you know, because Sensatella had pretty much just come out at that point where That's they were going to lift him in the sixth, and, and Sensatella only threw seventy-eight pitches. So That's... he was still good to to come around. I think they just didn't want him to face Conforto. Uh, who was already, you know, already two for three against him. 
Um, but otherwise, you know, you you could have you could have leaned on him a little more. In fact, I would have probably preferred it. Uh, Neither one again, of them had to come out he, of the game by a traditional no logic. No, again, are, are you, if you're trying to win the game, all right, fine. Let's let's it, it's a it's a two one or actually it's a, it was a two nothing ball game at that point. You you put in Daza, who's been able to get on base at a, at a solid clip lately. He's, he's been hot when used. So you say, okay, maybe we can. Uh, pull out a win, but again, is the win in what, what's more important today, right? The win or getting Antonio Senzatella so that he can complete his third time through the lineup. Maybe even putting a little bit more on yeah. his arm since he only threw 78 pitches. You know, are we are we are we not being able to see the forest for the trees? Like, what's more important? And I think you could have leaned on Senza a little bit more there. Let him bat in 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 the sixth inning. So be it. Whatever it is, because we saw it again. Stroman. Uh, he batted three times. He ran it back to the pitcher all three times, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, 58 pitches going into that seventh inning. And that that was huge for him. His manager, I'm sure, could have gone to the bullpen because bullpen didn't get a lot of use uh, since yesterday was you know the only time that, that we saw them at all. Um, he, he could have gone them, but instead, no, it was a little bit more about let's see what Stroman can do. He's, he's dealing. He had a shutout, whereas Senzatella didn't. But still, let Senza go. Let him yeah. see if he can get that seventh and eighth inning uh, and finish that third time through the order. I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, I mean, I we were talking earlier about how good Robert Stevenson was, and it was you know he could be an interesting part of that. But but I, I totally agree with you there. Um, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen that as well. I was surprised when I looked down, uh, or when I looked up, I should say, and they were they were taking him out. I was like, there's not necessary, but okay. Uh, could have gone either way on it. Speaking of pacing. Fam, seven inning double headers, yay or nay? Why not? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm fine with it. It's again, I, I'm I'm traditional as it gets. It's amazing how again, just kind of seeing this stuff in action, um, seeing it play out. Again, you got to give a little to get a little. And as as wild as it is to now try to maybe recontextualize this idea that. You know, he threw seven. He threw all seven innings. You never went to the bullpen, but it wasn't a complete game. How yeah. does that happen? Oh, what? seven yeah. double header. Like nobody reached base, so that would be a perfect game. But it's not because it was a seven inning double header. Yeah. Like it's it's very strange. But you know, this could be a, a creative way uh, that you know MLB allows uh, you know the season to run a full. 162 game season, but it maybe take a little wear and tear off the players having these, you know, seven inning doubleheaders. It, it's like the NFL adding a 17th game and then maybe eventually getting to uh, an 18th game. Uh, it's like, hey, you know what? This this goes the opposite way. It allows baseball to stay maybe at yeah. 162. Maybe it, maybe it does get less. Who knows? I uh, feel but, like on the inside, I am 80 years old because I just don't want to get cheated out of two innings of baseball ever <laughs> is that weird no. i feel like that's very weird i'm just Nikita, such a stickler an extra five innings you're getting an extra five innings of baseball seven plus seven is 14. <laughs> five more innings than you would have gotten in a nine <laughs> ah, Patrick, yes so funny. No? this guy um no it's i just true, like though. it's true ba- baseball is supposed to be nine innings <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but like okay, I also hate the California extra innings rule. Like I hate the DH in the National League. Like I am just such like an old soul when it comes to traditional baseball rules and not messing with the most perfect game in the entire world. So like 
Is it the end of the world that they played a seven inning doubleheader? No, I just feel a little cheated out of two innings of each of those games. And I just, I'm 80 years old, I guess, because <laughs> I'm sure that's not a popular opinion. And everyone's like, baseball's too long already. The game's four hours. Like however many innings, I don't give a crap as long as it ends in two hours. Like, but I just, I love my nine inning long baseball games and I'm a traditionalist and I understand I'm that's 24, but I'm 80 on the inside. <laughs> That's a no. That's a fair point about like the the loss of like hey, I, I, it's it's not a full game unless it's nine innings. Like I'm I'm losing something. At the same time, think about the the the, the potential for reduced injury in long games like that. Uh, whether whether a pitcher's going out throwing too much, or again, you got to use a use a guy in the bullpen for the second you know second day in a row, things of that nature. Like it's going to reduce a little of the wear and tear. So for every you know two innings that you miss out on, you know once a week, if if this becomes a a typical thing you're gonna you're gonna gain back a lot more in reduced player injuries and you're not gonna have to worry about you know chris owing we, we just learned went to the 60-day yeah. dl he's gonna need thumb surgery he's gonna be out for eight weeks you also could make the game better for people that aren't baseball fans because yesterday's two games were all in that like 230 range and that makes it a little bit more attractive for some people so you're shaving off some again i would rather not do it at all but I can see how there'd be some benefits, and you know, for that, okay, I'm, I, I'm okay with making that sacrifice. Yeah, it I hope we <laughs> we see that ultimately, and I hope somebody does a study and 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 we can find because because that would be a, a great way to to win me back on this. I I will say, I didn't hate it. <laughs> oh no, I didn't say that right. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it nearly as much as I. I thought I would. Uh, there was. I hated it. There was. I think the, when I hated it the most actually was not when the games ended early. It was like when they were in the fifth, and it was kind of like a big moment now, and and, and it felt like the game kind of hung in the balance in the fifth inning, and I was like, this, this isn't right. Like this, <laughs> this is the part that felt wrong yeah. to me. Like there wouldn't be a, a chance to to counter punch there and 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 so it becomes a new game game with a different strategy at that point yeah it it changes the nature of the way the game is played and just even those extra like opportunities and like how many uh pinch hitters do you have to use but i think patrick's also right like how many double headers are we really going to see right it's going to be pretty rare as long as it, it remains a rare thing i can see myself warming to it pretty quickly it's a lot easier to accept when your team isn't good and you're just like let's wrap this thing up can't we Uh, i think i would be more frustrated if this was 2018 and i was hanging on to every single box score trying to analyze whether or not colorado can be good enough to get and and to, to your point needing those extra four innings of research and data and analysis and everything to look at and know who's gonna do when you lose games in those you know i kind of felt that way last year when they lost they seemed like every time with the California rule, every extra inning game yeah. the Rockies lost. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, but now it's just like, trap it up. <laughs> no, you guys. Okay, well, I love, I what love, is this what blasphemy? I love it. Um, all right, final yeah, if, thoughts. If, if, if there was any evidence that the ratings go up in the 15th inning, I'm sure MLB would uh, continue uh, with that. As it were, people turn off once it goes I to don't extra care, innings. Patrick. Yeah. A good Sit there, I eat know your you hot dog, and enjoy it. <laughs> Michaela, some of us do care about the future of baseball, so you uh, know, we got we got this stuff seriously. I love okay? it. I love it. 
All right, let's go around the, the table, as it were, uh, get some final thoughts on the series and, and sort of where the Rockies are at moving forward here. Day off, uh, two games set. They'll welcome Houston into town, then another day off. Weekend series against the Phils, uh, all at home before they get back out on the road. Patrick, we'll start with you. Just kind of final thoughts on the, the series and, and what you're most looking at kind of moving forward. I'm glad to see they didn't get, you know, totally blown out or embarrassed in any way. And, and they really haven't been too embarrassed, I would, I would say. Again, they've, they look dreadful in L.A., but that's going to happen when you play the Dodgers. And so and that's, that's happened even when the Rockies have had a competitive team. So that's, that's fine. I really would like to see them at least win two of their next five games here at home before they go out on the road. They, they got an off day tomorrow uh, on monday that was one of the questions that was very pervasive throughout the post-game press conference hey um how good is this off day tomorrow <laughs> uh, i'm sure buddy uh, loved that yeah pretty much and and thursday again is is also an off day before the phillies come to town so you know they, they've got some some good teams that they're they're coming up against but uh i i just want to see them continue to be competitive the wins and losses, I, I don't know that they're terribly valuable. It really is more about just those young guys getting playing time, mm -hmm. getting experience, uh, and just just getting an opportunity to do some big things in some big spots. And if the games are close, that's great. If they can, if they still lose, so be it. Because it, it's better that way than putting out your 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 best possible roster with a bunch of veterans and whatnot. Because that's not going to help the future of your club. Right. Anybody on this roster over 30 years old is essentially not a part, a future part of the club when they get good again. Right. So forget those guys. Focus on the youngins. And that's what I'm going to be looking for over the next five games while they're on this uh, finish up this homestand. Yeah, yeah I 100% agree with everything Patrick just said. This series made me feel a little bit a lot better, actually, about the Rockies. You know, it's hard to kind of not get down when you're getting blown out by the Dodgers. It's a mood dampener to say the least, <laughs> but this series definitely um, lightened the mood a little bit. I think um, the starting pitching is phenomenal. It's getting it, every time that they go out there and compete, it seems like the starting pitching is just getting better and better and better, which is always great to see. I'm really happy for those guys in the rotation. And I definitely think the Rockies getting at least two of the next five are is very reasonable. The Astros aren't looking too great right now. I'm not scared of them at all. Um, you know, the Phillies, they're a little bit more competitive, in my opinion, than the Astros are at the moment. So I would love to see the Rockies take at least the next two of their five for this um, upcoming, the rest of this homestand? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But I definitely feel a lot better that after this series. Obviously, you know, it's a bummer that they didn't get two of three, which I think also could have been easily done from the Mets. But overall, starting pitching is looking great. You know, the young guys, they're going to continue to get experience, continue to increase their playing time and build that confidence. At some point, Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman's bats will wake up. I'm not too stressed about that either. So overall, I definitely feel a lot better and just uh, continuing to remind myself to check my realistic, my expectations, make sure they're realistic for this season and finding those moments of joy in each of those games um, that is positive and something that we can, you know, look forward to um in the future as well for the rockies so there was one note that i had that i forgot so before we all get out of here because we've been talking about things we'll remember from series over the, uh, we haven't had any from the last couple that marcus stroman play 
from today with him fielding the ball behind his back and throwing a dribbler over to first base, I think might make the list. That was pretty, yeah, that was crazy. That, that was, was a great wild. catch. He, the grass really like ate the ball up a little bit because he just kind of flicked it with his wrist and it just got slower and slower as it as it you know gained more friction with yeah. the grass because I thought the throw was going to be there you know a mile ahead of time and it, and it wasn't. I think the Fuentes play was fantastic too at third base. Now granted you know, there, there was, there's a relay throw you know, coming in from Blackman, but right. he moved, he moved up the base, uh, baseline a little bit. And he made a play that I thought was going to be a real easy triple for McNeil. He was able to tag him out. So that, yeah, that Stroman play, uh, was very memorable. And it, it's funny because I, I was talking with a, with someone during the game, a Mets fan who said pitchers, they have a problem with fielding their position because we had seen it the inning before with Michael Givens, right? Yeah. He stuck his, and then deflected the ball like Dikembe Mutombo yeah. like into foul territory. That was really strange. And then you saw Stroman do it. Then I got a comment about Charlie Blackman hitting a walk-off because, you know what, the Mets are going to Mets. Sure. And that's, us- and that's usually true, uh, but the Mets can't Mets if the Rockies out-Rockies them. That's right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> also, too, that kind of series. I will say with the <laughs> Astros coming into town, everybody go buy your trash cans now. Yes. This is the one time that I'm going to condone selling out Coors Field because I want to see trash cans. I want to see tomfoolery. I want to see all of it. This is your one chance to make fun of the Astros. Well, one of two chances to make fun of the Astros. So please take advantage of it. Troll the heck out of them while you're at Coors Field. Please, please, please. It'll make me so happy. And I just want to hear any spilly goat commentary that we could possibly get out of that. So please go get your trash cans now. I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Mikhail, because that's one thing that I that I also wish for the the, the rest of this homestand is for the Rockies to have some fun. Yes. yes, they are not having fun right now. I want to see them smile. Not you know, again, that's not gonna uh, win them a World Series anytime soon. A, a smile here and there. But we want these guys to have fun. They're our guys. We want the fans to have fun and smile and have a good time. And so that's something that I hope can happen. And hey, maybe with the Astros coming to town, everyone can kind of you know rally together. Uh, have some shame waves, what, what, whatever you got to do to really get in those Astros ears, get in their butts, whatever it is. Maybe that'll translate to the Rockies having a little bit of fun too. Right. Scoring three runs on Jacob deGrom, earned or unearned in the box score, that was fun. More of that, that type of stuff. Well, that's what we're going to be looking for for this team for the rest of this homestand, like Michaela said. We really appreciate all you hanging out with us. We know you're going to be watching for the rest of the homestand. You're hardcore. You, like Michaela, have recognized what realistic expectations are. We're here to watch these young players have those moments like Nunez and Daza uh, did in, in that big game. Fuentes with his huge three-run jack. Raimel Tapia is not the youngest guy on the team. Actually, he's one of the older guys on the team, as it's turned out, or at least most experienced, but still him coming into his own. Now he owns home runs this year against Walker Bueller and Jacob DeGrom. Those are the things that you can hang your hat on as a Rockies fan. And also in first place for that first round draft pick. So keep hanging for that first Elijah overall Green, pick. Here we come. Uh, so keep hanging out with us. Make sure you're following everybody on social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at Michaela E. Perkins, at DNVR underscore Rocky. Subscribe to the dnvr.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content. Plus you get discounts on hats, shirts, masks, a bigger beer when you come on down here to the DNVR bar 
and you get, if you sign up for the annual right now, that free shirt and a free stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. Check them out at holisticwellness.com. We appreciate you all being absolutely awesome out there. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons, Michaela Perkins, Drew Creaseman, and Ali Monroy behind the camera today for us in here. Thank you all, and until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. <laughs>